What's going on, guys and gals? Welcome to episode 81 of the WorkPrints Gamescast, brought to you by theworkprint.com. This week, I'm your holiday host, Gingerbread Rob, and I'm being joined by the Ebenezer Scrooge of the WorkPrint himself, Bilal. What's up, Bilal? I have one question for you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What's up? Do you know the Muffin Man? Listen, <laughs> I don't appreciate you just assuming that all pastries know each other, okay? That is a uh, species. Would pastries be considered a species? I mean, if they were mm. sentient, yes, I guess. Yeah, right. So you need to check your non-pastry privilege, all right? Listen, I'm not the one that showed up here in a gingerbread man once. Hey, listen, I'm going <laughs> to... I appreciate uh, it because it did bring a smile to my face. Wait, it's the last episode that we're recording before the holiday. Uh, whether, you know, you celebrate it or not, everybody can have a little bit of holiday cheer and a little bit of holiday fun. And I thought, you know, this is the way to do it. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe sitting in my office in front of this <laughs> bright ring light in this very warm uh, onesie well, might have been a bad idea, but we'll, we'll see. I got my water next to me. I think we'll be all right. Uh, I probably shouldn't have worn anything underneath. That's probably the move. That's what I oh, should have Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, why are you? Uh, well, because I didn't want my gumdrops popping out in the middle of the episode <laughs> and getting us banned on Twitch. Listen, we know uh, our HR department and our legal department is all just Rob, so he wins at the end of the day. So we got to really, true. really make sure nothing pops yeah. out. Yeah, for those who are watching, as you can tell, as you can, you know, guess, I am dressed in my uh, gingerbread onesie. Uh, shout out to Tipsy Elves. I bought this actually from their Amazon store. I really, I mean, I love this thing. I bought this, I was telling Bilal before, actually even before we even did the pre-show this week, is one of my favorite bits to do is when people are visiting and they're staying late for like a game night or something like that, is to just disappear at some point and then come back wearing it, but don't say anything. Just sit down as if everything's normal and wait until people notice. Um, it's super, super comfy. And also, I mean, it gets it gets pretty warm, which is nice in, the, in this time of year in the winter. It's so crazy. Uh, I don't know. I'm guessing Jersey's been the same, but it was a week ago and the weather outside was like 65 still. And then this whole week has been absolutely frigid. Yeah, but even then, it's still really warm out here. Uh, compared to previous years, it hasn't snowed once, which is kind of baffling. Um, it's been like there's still grass outside, which is weird to say, because normally yeah. it's either covered or all dead. So, um, yeah, global warming, everyone. Fun times. Yeah. Well, the one uh, good thing about the weather being the way it is, although not as cold as we expected, it, but still being cold, is I've been staying indoors and playing video games. And I've actually done a decent amount of gaming this week. I know you haven't had quite as much time. Yeah. Well, what's and that so... like playing video games? Can, can, can you describe it <laughs> to mean, me? Is it magical? It's good. It's good. You know what? I'll tell you what. For the most part, it's, it is. It's magical. But yesterday, something happened. So I actually don't have this on the list. I wasn't sure I even want to talk about it because I'm still suffering a little bit of trauma. You know that I play quite a bit of Apex Legends. And I also dabble in rank when it comes I, to I'm, I'm already Legends. rolling my eyes because I have a feeling I know where this is going. <laughs> uh, no, trust me. I, the, the, the split happened 
So every season, Apex Legends has two rank splits. So they split the season in half. You play one split on one map and the second split on a different map, and there's a soft reset, okay? Now, I was able to get to Diamond at the end of the first split, which is what my goal was for this season. You know, I would love to get to Masters, but it would just take too much time. I wanted to get to at least Diamond and I already got it in the first split. Cool, I don't have to stress for the rest of the season. But I promised our good friend of the show, Taylor, that I would help him get to Diamond. And he actually has time off now to pit in the work. And so at the start of the split yesterday, we got on, we started playing some rank and our buddy Matt joined us. The very last match we played, we're in a 3v2v1 scenario, and it's in an area of the map where we're basically on a cliff ledge, okay? And half the map is land, and the other half of the map is lava. And for some reason, the two, the two teams that are left, the one and the two, they drop down towards where the lava is and have no easy way of getting up, right? I mean, we have this one in the bag, or so I thought. Matt thought that since he was Valkyrie and had a jetpack, that he could go down there and harass them. And what happens? He gets absolutely torched, has one health left. Taylor goes to peek to try to help him out as Matt is coming back up, and he slips off the edge. So now that team of two knows that Matt is completely wrecked, and that another person has just fallen off the edge. They throw down a jump pad, hop up, knock Matt. I'm in a 2v1 up there. Taylor has no way of getting back up, and I get knocked, and then Taylor ends up succumbing next. Not only do we not win, but we end up getting third. It was the biggest throw I've ever seen in professional esports history. I almost listed my Xbox for sale. <laughs> Could you not I, have I, just like stayed up there by yourself and just not done anything? Well, so that's the thing done. is that I stayed up there, but the moment they saw that Matt was low and that they dropped and that Taylor had fallen off, they had an octane. So they jump padded up. Oh, See, they wouldn't okay. have done that. Or if they had done that and all three of us were up there at full health, we would have ripped them and destroyed them. And I did rip them. But the problem is it's You're a 2v1. Yeah. Yes. And so, yeah, it is, it is by far the most one of the most heartbreaking moments I've ever had in, been really in video funny games. If you got demoted from Diamond 1. Oh, like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Luckily, that's not possible. There, like I said, there was a soft reset. I'm back down in like gold right now. Okay. Because uh, it drops you a tier and a half. And so, and like I said, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for Taylor. But it really is just a pride thing, you know, yeah. to throw that hard. And I, I didn't play for this. This happened at like four o'clock in the afternoon, you know, because like I said, he's off right now. He's got time. And I didn't play video games for the rest of the night. I even told them today, like, maybe I'll get on after the podcast. I don't know. Like, I am. I'm broken. Damn, they, they hurt you. They really got in there. <laughs> but anyway. I have been playing some other games, but since you have a, a shorter list, why don't you go ahead and go first and get through what you've been playing this week? All right, I'm gonna start from the bottom of this list. Um, so I've been playing Sea of Thieves with my friends and mm -hmm. 
I've been jumping in and out of this, even though I should be playing Halo and finishing Halo, which yes, I have should. not touched since last week. Um, but I, I have to say, when it comes to uh, Microsoft's cloud gaming thing, this was one of the coolest uh, ways of actually staying in touch with friends. When I was at my parents on Friday, not my parents, my in-laws on uh, Friday, my, two of my buddies were messaging on Discord, like, hey, we're going to play some Sea of Thieves. And I was like, man, I could use some Sea of Thieves. I haven't been able to game much, uh, but I met my in-laws. And then I was like, wait, I had my backbone in my backpack. Grabbed that, jumped into the cloud stream. They were on PC. They sent me over an invite. And I went to play Sea of Thieves with them. It was a lot, ton of fun. And then I had to go home and I jumped on the PC. But apparently all the fun stuff happened. Uh, while I was gone, but I will say when I jumped, when I got back home and I jumped on, they were talking to another pirate. Who, oh, who happened to be the nicest guy I have ever encountered in all of online gaming. This dude took his time to show us tutorials, how to get more money. It was an unbelievably good time. Uh, That's awesome. We were in an alliance with his, uh, with his. Um, group or whatever and like everyone was like a pirate legend and so we uh, approach this island with like a red skull on it and i see a bunch of skeletons and i see this like boss looking skeleton and i start firing at him and this guy jumps up and shows up next to me and he's like hey he's like i'm a player we're in an alliance <laughs> and i was like oh shit i didn't know he could look that cool he was just like this mm -hmm. green skeleton with a badass cloak it was it was really cool um and like i gotta say like all the encounters with the community in that game, even this, even like that guy that I was accidentally shooting at, was some some guy out of Mexico who was really nice. Uh, uh, helped explain uh, like how to run this certain boss uh, to get better loot, and it, it was it was a really good time. It honestly is a good feel feel good game, and I know it wasn't Sea of Thieves wasn't a game I liked at launch, but when my friends are on and they're like, hey, let's just play something, I I love jumping into it. It there's even if it's just sailing around for hours, just like digging up treasure, it's it, it's simple, but it's fun. Uh, yeah, I kind of do no, wish there was agreed. some sort of progression to it um, in terms of like weapons or things like that. But I also yeah. get I also get the benefit of not doing that, where it's like it's simple to just jump in and jump out. Like you don't yeah. need to worry about oh, I'm not, am I leveled for this? Am I leveled for that? Um, yeah, right. So there is no progression in that sense. There is a progression in the sense that when you complete. Uh, objectives for the different factions you do move up in those factions yeah. and that's how you get to pirate legend status uh edgy uh, in the chat actually asks, what's a backbone i know we've talked about oh, this but uh, that was probably like 20 uh, 20 episodes ago at yeah. this point but you want to explain you, what, what what a backbone give me is one second all right while well, he runs and grabs it so he can actually show you uh a backbone is essentially a a controller that you can you know yeah. snap your your phone into is i have something similar yeah. uh called a, a razor kishi which they have for android and iphone but by all accounts the backbone seems to be the best one of these types mm -hmm. and unfortunately it's only for iphone right now yeah yeah so as rob said it's uh it's expandable uh ios uh MiFi, not my controller it's a it's like a connected ios controller i mm -hmm. slide your phone in it has a dedicated backbone button which will pull up like the app and then from there or whatever app you're using, you can use to play games. Uh, it really minimizes like controller uh, latency input lag. Uh, it has your standard buttons and like digital triggers on the back. 
I got this last December. I was tweeting about it before this thing blew up. Uh, (laughs) I've played complete games off of this. Uh, A lot of Immortals, Phoenix Rising, Dragon Quest XI. First-person shooters are a bit hit or miss because you're also dealing with streaming. But you can use Steam Link uh, over your phone to connect to your PC and play games that way. PS5, the Xbox, um, you know, NVIDIA. Uh, and what's NVIDIA is GeForce Now and uh, Stadia. Stadia has been actually fantastic using the backbone. I actually, um, during that, uh, Stadia had this like vote during the Game Awards, which was like Far Cry 5 versus Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And uh, one of those games would be discounted to $15 and I had a $10 coupon. I actually bought Valhalla on um, Stadia for five bucks because you can uh, move your save across console and... uh, well, for Ubisoft made it, you can move your save across all the different systems. So it's just an easy way for me to play Assassin's Creed Valhalla on the go, and it works flawlessly. Like, as long as you have a decent internet connection, um, it, it's a fantastic controller to have. Um, yeah, so I, I've, I find it quite useful. It's better than lugging around the console. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, and so- honestly, it's even it's even more convenient. I, so I prefer, as far as Android is concerned, I still prefer using a... Xbox controller connected to Bluetooth, mm-hmm. but it's so much easier to pack something in like this and like the Razer Kishi, just throw it in your book bag versus having to, you know, bring in yeah. an entire controller yeah. and a cradle and stuff like that. And one of the things I did for this, because like the sticks are a bit small, is like if you get um, these, what do you call these? The joystick caps? Um, yeah, I, I call them thumbstick extenders. Yeah. You can get these from uh, from the Nintendo Switch Joy-Cons. They work on these. I got these and lifted up the sticks a bit. It definitely makes it a little bit more uh, easier when you have to, like... What brand are those? Are those Controller Freak? I think there's something with a skull. I'll have to go back through my Amazon. Or, I think... I, yeah. I think that's probably what it is. Because that's, yeah. that's the brand I use for yeah. some stuff. Um, all right. What else have you been playing? Um, the, um, so, I mentioned it last week, but I got my analog pocket in which is like a little mini game boy and it is neat uh in terms of what it can do um so if anyone's not familiar with analog pocket it's from the company analog it has it allows you to play game boy game boy color game boy advance games and game gear using an adapter with support um coming to uh, i think for other uh handheld devices over uh courses you could take the original cartridges, put them in. It has a 1440p screen, which makes games look fantastic. You can even play games uh, like a ga- original Game Boy games using um, that green old Game Boy Glow or like mm-hmm. a pocket, like the Game Boy Pocket, Game Boy Light. Like there's all these different variations, or there's just a crisp analog um, version that they did, which like really cleans up that image. So you could go with a nostalgia look or a new look. Um, it's really neat. Uh, when I got it, I realized I did not have any of my Game Boy or my Game Boy Advance games because I traded those in for a flashcard years ago. <laughs> and so I ran out to a local mom and pop shop and bought the only game that I really had any interest in, which was Tetris. And so now I have what is a, I amount to a $200 device that I bought <laughs> to play Tetris. <laughs> Um, it's neat. I have, and I was looking up Game Boy Advance games and stuff and the market out there for used Game Boy Advance games is ridiculous. I, uh, it is, is actually quite disappointing that 
looking back now that I traded in all those games because I wish yeah. I held on to more. I have a new flashcard coming in uh, uh, in a few days. I found my old one, uh, but the problem is on the back of this one, there is a little bit of a ridge, and so it doesn't sit flush uh, on the back. And so on the back of the pocket is the little, uh, little you know, the GBA slot. So mm-hmm. you just pop your games in there. It sits fine. Um, like if you took the advanced games, slop it in. Uh, you know, even games like um, was it Pokemon Pinball or Perfect Dark, which had those like rumble uh, features, like they fit in perfectly. They'll sit out, extend a, a bit. Uh, those will fit in just fine. Uh, yeah, no, I was trying to find copies of Advance Wars NG, and I could not find any, uh, which is why I will have to wait for my flashcard to come in and see what I can do with that. Nintendo, I, I, I own these copies of games. Uh, just they're somewhere. They're somewhere <laughs> in the bowl. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. speaking of Nintendo, uh, the last game you've been playing, you've been playing some more Mario Party Superstars? Oh, uh, yeah. So I finally booted it up. My, it's just, you know, I mentioned during the pre-show that my family's in town. And so mm-hmm. I have nephew, nieces, siblings that are over. So we fired up Mario Party Superstars. We played that first map, Yoshi's Island, and the second one, which was, I think, space, something with a yes. space station. Yep. Man, am I glad that we have this Mario Party game because it's difficult in a way that's like, it's not fair. It makes you, it makes you angry. <laughs> but it, it feels right like like yeah it coins, does like i agree 20 100%. coins for a star yes yeah. uh, so uh, mario party on the switch was the one for the switch called super mario party like 10, yes. 10 coins for a star is a joke like 10 coins is just it's a mini game you know yeah. you need to make sure you earn that coin to earn that how, star how old are your nieces and nephews uh pretty much teenagers <laughs> or, oh, okay. almost teenagers at this point all right, so they're all they're all older. Cause yeah. so I, I talked about this before in previous episodes that I played a lot of that with my daughter. And one of the things I like is when you go into that map, it also gives you uh, options to kind of modify mm-hmm. the gameplay. Uh, some of that is giving somebody a handicap, starting them off with a star. But they also categorize the mini games that they'll select from. So you can select all, or you can select different categories. And one of the categories is family, and so that basically gives you mini games that are a little bit simpler and less complicated than uh, some than other ones. And that has made it like really easy for me to just pass the controller to my daughter. And I'm going to have, you know, my nieces and nephews visiting soon as well. And that's how we'll be playing that is just with the family category of mini games. Yeah, no, I just said it on all. I was like, forget you guys. I don't care if you can read or not <laughs> or if you understand uh, what's yeah. going on in practice. Uh, it's nice because I think those earlier Mario Kart, not Mario Kart, Mario parties had better mini games. I think they had some of yeah, their I favorite agree. ones. And uh, the only complaint I do have is sometimes in Super Mario Party, even the short mini games would have multiple rounds. And this one, like those early mini games, it's just one round and it's over. Sometimes mm-hmm. those mini game rounds can last like 10 seconds and like that's it. Um, but overall, I I had a g- we're having a great time with it. There's a lot more mini games. The duels are back, which are nice. Uh, so two people land on the uh, same space after the halfway point. Uh, you, you know, you trigger a duel. My sister and my wife both got into a 110-coin duel, which is hilarious <laughs> to see play out. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it's it's exactly what I wanted uh, for so long. Uh, and I think if you own the Nintendo Switch and you have friends that do come over occasionally or anyone to play, so you can even play it online, um, 
yeah, it, it, it's a definite pickup in my eyes. Unless yeah. you truly loathe Mario Party, which uh, I don't blame you for. Yeah, which is fair. I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> How about um, you, Rob? I know you've got... Uh, so I, I know one of these games you sent me an invite for, but I was playing Sea of Thieves that night. Um, yeah, so let's... Yeah, so let's start off with that. Is I downloaded Among Us the day it released on Game Pass, and I actually tried it out that night, and it did not run well. Like, Three, it what? ran awful. I don't know... How? If it was just the lobby we were in or what the situation was, but it ran terribly. So I ended up going back to Fortnite to play the imposters book. So I was like, at least this runs well, you know, uh, either the next day or a couple of days later, I was like, we had a group of friends on. We were like, all right, let's just try it again. Let's just try to do it. And this time it ran beautifully, way better. Okay. And, you know, as good as I think that Fortnite imposters mode is among us is just better. It, it really is. You know, there's nothing like the original. There's a reason it was such a phenomenon. We had an absolute blast playing. Um, and so, I mean, there's not a lot there to be said of, about Among Us that hasn't yeah. already been said. Uh, I just want to say that it runs really well. It, it And it's a really fun time. And I think that at some point we'll set up a stream where, you know, Bilal will join me and i'll get some of my uh family and friends in and we'll, we'll see some of that it's also one of those things where very much i am you know getting worked up <laughs> and yelling <laughs> and, and defending for my life uh i will say though that anybody who spends the whole game sitting on the cameras is a dirtbag and I, I i agree with you you should be banned from NG. playing all video games NG. <laughs> um, um no i i brought up among us to my niece uh two days ago and she said among us uh, why i'm so over it i was like god you never even played with me once uh, yep. I, I was kind of disappointed like was i not cool enough to play among us with did she not well me? all i know is my n nephews are excited to play with me so i think that's a you problem Ouch. not a their generation problem Oof. Anyway, the other thing I've been playing is I finished that Halo campaign. I think we talked about it last week. You said that you thought I was about halfway two through, two thirds, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and that's about right. I would say I was about two thirds of the way through, maybe a little bit less, but I finished that out. I really wish you had finished it so we could talk about it a little bit more. I have questions, though. I, 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 first, I think I want to say is as far as the moment-to-moment -moment gameplay and gunplay it continues and continues to be fantastic all the way to the end as far as the story goes and, and where it's leading i i understand and i've been listening to you know some podcasts and other people's opinions since and i understand that there are some people that are kind of disappointed about how the hmm when this game starts it starts basically significantly significantly after where the last game ended, right? And so you don't know what happened with that gap of time, what happened in that gap of time, what happened with Cortana and stuff like that. And slowly through the audio logs, it start you start to learn more about you know what was going on. And even in the story missions itself, you start to get a little bit more information, a little bit more information. Uh, 
I can understand people not being thrilled with the way this game goes about filling in those gaps. I will say that as somebody who is admittedly a huge Halo fan, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I... Do I think it's perfect? Do I think the campaign's perfect as far as storytelling is concerned? No. But, and I've said this before, actually, but it's at, it's close to perfect for me, okay. right? And there are moments in that game that are just super nerdy, just little one-liners here and there that tend to allude to the history of Halo and some of the lore outside of the games and stuff like that. And that all that stuff gets me and i understand that's not going to get everybody you know not everybody has read and, and really when it's lore outside of the games it's really just that one first book the fall of reach um and so yeah i i i am very excited to talk about game of the year at the end of you know this year and when, when we sit down to do it i'm not sure that there is a more complete package than Halo Infinite because between everything I loved about the campaign and just how good the multiplayer is and continues to be, because after finishing the campaign, I also got back into multiplayer and was playing more multiplayer. I mean, it is everything is just so fun. You know, just, at the end of the day, that's what matters to me is, can, is it fun? Can I just say, why don't more multiplayer games with campaigns have unlockables for multiplayer in the campaign. Oh, yeah, uh, 100%. Hey. So that's the one thing I haven't gone back and done yet is I haven't gone back and, and done all of the collectibles and scoured, you know, scoured the map as it's much as I can. It's mostly like armor colors get... or tags. Yes. Yeah. It's, but, but, yeah. But, but you're right. I mean, that gives you a huge incentive to go and look, you know, search that stuff out. And I love that they did that. I mean, everything... It's funny because this game, everything about this game screams that it was a troubled development but it also screams that there was nothing but love and care put into it and they they understand that this was like their last shot to get this right essentially you know like i don't think it's too outrageous to say that the future of halo depended on this game and up until this point I think a lot of people lack confidence in 343's uh, abilities to be the shepherds of the Halo franchise. Mm -hmm. And I cannot wait to see what they do next. I can't wait to see what they do next in this game, you know, with multiplayer, with, you know, possible expansions for the campaign and story missions that they add and stuff like that. The template here and the foundation here sets the stage for something that I think we're going to be talking about every single year you know do you, do you i think I, they come back with like campaign updates like annual campaign I, updates for this game? i think i i wouldn't be surprised if <laughs> if they took a page out of bungie's book and started doing similar stuff to what they do with destiny now they're totally different games this is not a live service game right but i can see them making big yearly events around a story you know yeah. expansion that would be so, that would be neat to see. Yeah. Um, um, what questions did you have? You said you had some questions. Yeah, I'll try like, answer whatever I can without you know. I, I think it's, it's, it's more about the story in the back in the last third. Does like mm -hmm. that pick up? Because right now it kind of feels like oh, I'm going from here to here to here. 
um, just trying to follow the path of like previous Spartans and trying so, to banish. Is yeah, it more of a so, banish storyline, or is it more like what the? Yeah, like, I, I think that's my question. Is it more of a like chief versus the banished, or humanity versus the banished, or does it actually involve something else? <laughs> Without go- it, saying too much, it's. Uh, it is mostly a a a chief versus the banished. I would say storyline. Okay. Um, it's also a a Cortana storyline, and it is also a what comes next storyline. Okay. And all all that stuff is already hinted. You know, the point you're at, all that stuff is already hinted towards and and talked about. So this isn't like major spoiler stuff, but they do go into a little bit more detail on that. And this game does end on what is essentially a cliffhanger. Um, So. Did you watch the legendary ending? I didn't, I have not. Okay. No. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I am very, very excited for what they do next. Okay. Okay. And the, Need to find Go time. ahead. I need to find time. To do no, that. absolutely, because we need to talk about it. Because I need somebody to talk to about it. Yeah. Uh, and the last game I've been playing is the Gunk. The Gunk was released on Game Pass last week. I think it came out the day, day we after. recorded the podcast. Day after we recorded yeah. the podcast. And so I was very excited about the Gunk when it was first announced. I was excited that it was coming to Game Pass. This is from the developers that brought you the Steam World uh, games. And this is their first attempt at a third-person 3D game, right? I The premise behind the, the gunk is you play as um, this character, Ronnie, and she is essentially an energy miner, okay? So you have a partner. Her name is Bex and you guys are on this ship you get a signal from this planet and you land on it hoping to find energy and so that you can take it back and sell it you land on this planet you see that there isn't a ton of life you discover this titular gunk and you have the ability to use your (laughs) mechanical arm to basically suck up the gunk okay it's very much a vacuuming game (laughs) And you suck up the gunk in the area and you discover, and this is in the first few minutes, and you discover that essentially that gunk was suffocating the life on the planet and it does do that, which a lot of games have been doing recently. It does do that thing where all of a sudden you get a burst of color and the environment comes back to life. And the signal for the energy gets stronger. And so that's the beginning premise you continue to play through the game. It There is some light platforming, but it very much is a third-person puzzle platformer. So there is some light puzzles. Most of the game revolves around... It, most of the gameplay is you sucking up this gunk, you know? So there's a very, like, meditative and calming uh, aspect to this game where it's also the same kind of satisfaction you get from watching one of those pressure washer videos, you know, where you see the progress happening in front of you and you're cleaning up this gong and you see the world come to life. There is a little bit of a serotonin hit just from that aspect of the game. As you play through the campaign, 
you start to learn the story opens up a little bit more and you start to learn a little bit of the history and the background of Ronnie, the character you're playing as, as Bex. You also learn about the gunk itself and kind of what, why it's here, um, what it's doing to the planet and what caused all, caused all of this. Right. And you start to learn about the history of this planet as you play. And it does get significantly more interesting as you go on and you start to uncover how this came about. I, hmm, I will say that while it does get more involved story-wise and, and, and is more interesting, it never quite gripped me. I, I never, I didn't care really, I think is the best way to put it. Um, I enjoyed playing the game. Like I said, I, for me, it was very much a, a like relaxing and kind of meditative like game. There are some, as you progress, there are some encounters where there is some like combat, uh, involved, but most of it is still, I mean, the main gameplay mechanic is you sucking things up. Okay. Uh, there are resources throughout the map that you suck up in the form of metal and fiber and other organic materials that you can then take back to your ship to craft upgrades for your character. And most of it is, you know, you get the ability to, you get a faster movement speed is one of them. You get the ability to suck up the gunk faster. You get an ability where uh, sucking up the gunk actually gives you a speed boost. None of the abilities actually and leveling them up felt that satisfying. I actually think that there was a missed opportunity and maybe I just didn't get to the point where I unlocked that ability, but I think there was a missed opportunity where late in the game, I started to get kind of bored and frustrated with the sucking up of the gunk mechanic. And I wish at some point you just unlocked the ability to be kind of supercharged where it just made that happen much, much faster. Yeah. There is also one segment of the game where and a, a lot of games do this and it, it really, it just, it just kind of drives me nuts is there's a prolonged segment of the game where your movement speed is greatly hampered. Okay. And it, it just, it, yeah. And it just like, it, it drags on for too long. Uh, and, and, and whatever uh, emotion they were trying to elicit gave way to frustration in that moment. I I like the look of the game. The game is only like five hours long. It's not the longest game, maybe maybe five and a half, maybe six. I, I think it's probably somewhere in the four and a half to five and a half hour range. I, you know what? The game is pleasant. The game is perfectly fine. It is good, but that's it. You know, this is very much like a 6.57 if I was rating it on a scale of, uh, you know, a 10 point scale. And it feels like what you would get at the launch of a console, right? This feels like your cameo, like your, you know. Is it a pretty tech demo with the uh, middle uh, It's not even, yeah, it, you know what, it, they are a small team. I believe they're an indie developer. So it it feels safe is what it feels like. Actually, that's okay. the best word to describe it. It feels safe, you know? Uh, 
I think that I think that it's ambitious in kind of some of the themes it's trying to tackle and, and trying to talk about. I just don't think the writing hits it, gets you there. I also think that the voice acting, while charming at points, also kind of just feels a little bit off at other points. I, I, I don't know if it's a writing or if it's just like, hey, maybe they should have had like a couple more takes on this line read. Uh, also, we are, you know, this game was obviously developed in the middle of a pandemic. so. I don't know how that development process, you know, if it's remote voice recording and stuff like that, that's actually kind of what it felt like. It kind of felt like a lot of this was, a lot of the voice recording and stuff was done remotely. And so it doesn't quite feel as cohesive as, as you would want it to be. Um, that being said, this is, I, I enjoyed it. I, I think that there are going to be people out there that this game is not for. And I think that there are going to be people that this game really, really clicks with. Um, I also think it's a game that is probably appropriate for all ages. You know, okay. uh, I think that there are some areas late in the game where you might run into some platforming problems for younger kids, depending on their, their skill level. But I, you know, I think that the basic mechanics, this is a game very much that I could probably hand to my daughter, sit next to her and guide her through playing it. And so it's, it's, I, I think it's worth a download and it's worth a shot. Like I said, it's not the longest game out there. And who knows, maybe it'll click with you more than it did with me. I will say one of the things that I am loving is I recently got a new bias lighting uh, light strip for the back of my TV. Mm -hmm. And so trying to figure out which color to have as the backdrop for all these games, like Halo's easy. Halo, I just have yeah. the same blue that the background, like the sky is. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, it, it's awesome. I mean, it makes, bias lighting is one of the cheapest best improvements you can make to like a visual quality of, of of gaming honestly just putting one of those led multicolor light strips behind your tv i'm so and uh, every time i think about doing it i always end up on that philips hue game bar which will then like change it at okay the background but yes then it doesn't have that 4k 120 pass through yes and then, so the then sync... you're just like i'm yeah. just sacrificing it uh, yep so one solid color do i need it Yes, so I've been looking at the, first off, the play bars. Yeah. If you have a, a, a bigger TV, you're going to need three play bars. And they're so so I actually, I, I, yes, I actually bought the play bars, but it wasn't enough light for the size of my TV. So I, I returned them and I ended up just getting a strip that goes around. Now you're right. The Philips Hue sync box does 4K 60 and it actually does 120, but only if you're playing in 1080p or 1440. Blah. Uh, it also doesn't have VRR. I am very much, the moment they release a 4K 120 VRR Philips Hue sync box, I think I'm going all in and, and getting that. I'm buying the way too expensive gradient light strip and having all that set up. But yeah, for the moment, it, the sacrifice just isn't worth it in my opinion. But I will yeah. say like I played the gunk and I had, I had green as my background. So every time I did clear an area and you get that burst of color and the green came up, like it was very, very nice. Um, I just wanna... And so... Like I said, I highly recommend, even if you don't get a Philips Hue light strip, there are other companies out there like uh, GE has one. They have their sync. I, it, I'm telling you, man, it really does. You can get it really nice. It, it makes a huge difference. Do you think we're in that demographic of just like we're, we're so small, but we we just want to be the loudest of like, we need our 4K 120 boxes. Well, everyone else oh. is just like, I'm, I have a 1080p monitor that I use <laughs> as my No, my obviously, game. obviously we are a small market share. Uh, but I do think that the people who 
you know what it is, is that the people who are going to evangelical evangelize your product, right? Who are going to go out there and sing its praises to the masses. The ones who get their friends all in on, on a product are people like us, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know how many yeah. OLEDs I've sold this year? Yeah. And I got well, $0 out of it. You know, you know how many people are addicted to G fuel now because of me? <laughs> Thank you. you. You know, I bought a rock star on Saturday because mm -hmm. we had to go to my cousin's uh, house mm -hmm. for dinner and I was just having such a rough day uh, that I was like, I turned to my wife, I'm like, if I drink a rock star, I will be good for the rest of the day. <laughs> and I was like, I blame Rob, but th this thing is like, God, God honest, it's just like, I, it probably takes two days off my life, but that that that's so something I have to worry about once I get older. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's made today better. So. Yes, exactly. But anyway, yeah, so that's my thoughts on the gunk. Uh, I try whenever I'm talking about these games that I've played, especially ones I've played through completion, to completion. I try not to get too deep into it because I really am spoiler adverse. And I, I really think that people, especially games like this that are on Game Pass, just go out there, play it yourself. You know, hopefully I gave you enough about it uh, to help you decide one way or another whether to give it a shot. Now, as someone married to a dermatologist, how does she feel about the gunk? Because the gunk in your face? That dermatologists extract come on come all on. right that wraps up what we've been playing we're gonna go ahead and get into the news while we're going over the news uh make sure that if you are hanging out with us on the live stream in the chat that you start to think of some questions to ask us at the end of the show they can be video game related or anything life related doesn't matter we have a very very short news week <laughs> to, uh, to be expected considering that we are getting in the holidays and not a lot of news is coming out. So this is going to be a quickie. Wait, before we start, I just want to go over something really quick that I came across. Yes. Something that I did buy. So this is this week's Halo Wave, you know, Halo Infinite store. Did you see the cat lovers? I did. I think I'm going to buy it. Did you buy I, it already? I, I did buy it. it yeah. The Halo armor, uh, which Spartan core is this? I, I, I think it's the Mark 7 but it yeah. has cat ears and it comes with yeah. a cat tag. Yep. And it's, it's amazing. But the other one, this is totally an Iron Man skin variant. They're selling for $20. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Exactly what it looks like. That's bullshit. <laughs> anyway, how let's you, get how into goes, How are you going to sell a color scheme for 20 bucks? <laughs> let's, get into the news I, listen i i agree with you i think they need to do a better job on on their cosmetics uh but i also think that everybody is beating that drum so yeah um all right so we're actually blah i'm gonna save the first story that you have on the list for the second to last story because i think it makes sense uh instead we're gonna go into the first story we have back for blood developers were are have been bought by chinese tech giant tencent turtle rock and tencent say acquisition won't affect back for blood <sighs> ready if you haven't heard the name tencent first off where have you been second they already own epic a, games a, a, a majority stakes in league of legends uh developer riot games supercell funcom they have stakes in epic games activision blizzard and they have a stake in ubisoft and now they're buying turtle rock studios developer of Back for Blood and Evolve. Now, Tencent has so many studios that they actually, as, as far as mobile is concerned, they actually have 
products that have been released under them that are competing with each other. Like that is the level of pseudo monopoly that Tencent has going on right now. They are putting their hands in everything video game related. And it's not just video games. They also have a movie studio, I believe, that's been working mm -hmm. with Hollywood on quite a number of animated films and I think even like bigger productions as well. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, I'm glad. Uh, I'm I'm happy for Turtle Rock. Uh, I you know I think Back for Blood is. Uh, I think it's a good game. I think. Uh, I'm excited to see what more they can do with Back for Blood with their season pass and, uh, what else that studio can put out. Uh, you know, so if, if this lets them the studio live a bit longer, uh, then so be it. Yeah, more than just live a bit longer. If this gives right. them some sense of stability, all right, then then I'm I'm all for it. It does worry me just how much like yeah. is is you know Tencent, how many different things Tencent has their hands in. But yeah, because you know. I'll I'll say this because I think Double Fine, uh, who put out uh, Psychonauts two this year, they have always been a studio that have always been trying to secure funding of some sort for their next project. Uh, and, you know, fi financials have always been, like, uh, a worrisome topic. But since they've been acquired by Microsoft, it, you know, I think Tim Schafer has come out and said, you know, like, we don't need to worry about that. We can just concentrate our projects. And now they're in development on multiple games, which is yep. which is cool because they, they are a really good studio that just needed funding. And, like, it, <laughs> I, you know, I hate I, – I would hate to see more – Studios end up under Tencent. I do think the more widespread um, companies can be, the less acquisitions, the better. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I, um, you know, just for the sake of uh, competition, fair competition. Yeah, out there. I agree. I will say though that to Tencent's credit, as uh, by all accounts, they do seem to be very hands off. It really yeah. is just like, hey, here's some money, do what you do, <laughs> and you uh, make us billions. <laughs> yeah. Right. Next story. Bandai Namco pauses Elden Ring Premium Collector's Edition pre-orders after overwhelming demand. You got one of these, right? Uh, I canceled mine. So the company... So Bandai Namco announced that it has paused pre-orders on the Elden Ring Premium Collector's Edition due to overwhelming demand. The company will announce when these limited editions will be available for pre-order again. Now, they also... Part of the problem is that they relaunched their store at the same time that pre-orders went live. I I had canceled my pre-order because I realized that while, yes, I really like uh, Bloodborne and I enjoy Sekiro, I am not the biggest like Dark Souls fan and stuff like that. And so it's a lot of money to kind of pit towards a game that I just might not like at the end of the day. And so I canceled the pre-order, but I did, when these pre-orders went live, I did go and check because this is not just a regular collector's edition. This is the premium collector's edition. So this is the, the Ferrari of their, or the Maserati, whatever. We, we know you have money, Rob. Luxury. We know you have money. <laughs> so I know I just wanted to go and see and take a look at it. And I couldn't remember how much they were charging for. I could not get through the site. Like the site was completely broken. So I can personally attest to the fact that it, it got absolutely hammered. Um, that being said, I saw GameStop earlier today had more of the regular collector's editions up for pre-order. So if you are still looking out for them, just, you know, 
keep an eye on on the different uh, info I, channels, I, Twitter accounts that kind of let you know when that kind of stuff drops. I don't know. I think according to eBay, you may be could have gotten a thousand dollars for a premium but listen, collector's edition. I've 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 talked about this already. I am that is not me. I do not scalp. I am actively. I was telling somebody else. I am actively waging a one man war against scalpers. Anytime I can get, get my hands on a, you know, next gen console or something yeah. along those lines at retail, I grab it and then find out who needs it and sell it to them at retail. Um, I would, yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah, I think the thing I realized about collector's edition soon after getting married was I don't have a spot for these, and so, so yeah, I just so I do. So I do, but the problem is, is I want to be very, I want to get like ones that I actually, actually care about, yeah. you know? And so that's why I canceled, that's why I canceled mine. I still have that Horizon Forbidden West one, mostly so that I can have a constant reminder of how much I think the first game is overhyped. <laughs> uh, next story, Square Enix suspends Final Fantasy fourteen sales because N Walker is too popular. Now they were having, they had already had an issue where they were had suspended uh, the ability to sign up for accounts earlier in the year. Isn't that correct? That earlier was earlier in the year this, towards launch. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's been, I I've never seen a company just be like we're making too much money we're too popular we need to close <laughs> yeah. the door yeah but like it's understandable because you need to keep your player oh, base happy yes. without having the product suffer um yep no i i mean i commend them for that you know yeah. it's also kind of a nice flex right is that you could yeah. say hey we need to shut this down because we're too good you know what i mean uh it, it all that does is is build up the hype even more you know i think yeah. at the end of the day that it will result in a net positive for them yeah uh, and it's not it's not even like it's like it's launch woes because this game is out i think the first raid dropped as well for endwalker uh yeah. players are doing that it's just there's just, it, it, it if you i can understand why people fall in love with final fantasy 14 like i my boss actually reached out to me he's like i'm surprised you're not playing endwalker i was like i don't have time for an mmo like i don't i fired up the xbox to play psychonauts 2 today for 10 minutes and I couldn't even get five minutes in uh, <laughs> through a platforming section before uh, my son woke up. So uh, timing timing is everything. And like, uh, I'm excited to get back to FF14. I wonder that chance is, but I still got two more expansions to play through. Um, and there's a lot of game there. So if, you know, if you're by yourself, you got friends that you play with, I can see why this is popular. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've just, I don't know what it is, especially when you consider the fact that I am not averse to pitting hundreds of hours of time into a game. I have just <laughs> never gotten into MMOs, you know? Yeah. They just um, have not clicked with me. And God knows a Final Fantasy one is not going to be the one to do it. Well, like, and the thing too is like the base game for Final Fantasy 14 is nothing to write home about until mm -hmm. the very end. And that's like, it, it, it's like Final Fantasy 13 where people like, you gotta play 60 hours and then it gets really good. It makes it worthwhile. That's what Final Fantasy 14 is. You have to play through the base game, get through the uh, post-release uh, patches. And that's where like the story takes off. And you're like, yes, I'm 100% in this. But before that, <laughs> yeah. it's just fetch quest slog. It's, it, it's, I it's just... not bad, but it's, it, it's like, okay, I've, I've done this before. Uh, yeah. But like the payout, but if you make it your way through it, you got a diamond at the end of it, so it, it's a good time. Uh, just you got you gotta be 
you gotta know what you're getting yourself into all right next bit of news and our last news story for this week sticking with the final fantasy theme final fantasy 7 remake on playstation plus can now be upgraded to intergrade you heard that now everyone? i complained about this <laughs> last week or the week before and i made it happen yeah so i actually listen i've talked about it on the podcast i thought final fantasy 7 was uh, remake was fun to play i think it's absolutely ridiculous and i i am I have very mixed feelings about the game as a whole uh but yeah it was one of those things where when they announced the playstation plus version and announced that the playstation 5 upgrade wasn't going to be available to those who got the playstation plus uh i thought that was a huge bummer even as somebody who like you know had no interest in playing the game again i thought that was a huge bummer and it was one of those things where also at the same time of announcing that ps5 upgrade version they had also announced the story expansion episode intermission and so if i was going to go back and do anything it would be that right but you couldn't do that with the playstation plus version because you couldn't do the upgrade now they've made good on that and as of today the wednesday the 22nd you can now upgrade to the playstation 5 version uh you can also get the episode intermission for 25 percent off right now i think it's like 14.99 in the store um you already picked up the i had, I had it i had the digital copy of ff7 remake on ps was it ps4 that it came out on uh yes so I had it on that. It got upgraded to the PS5 integrated version, and then I bought the Intermission DLC. And you bought the okay. Yeah. Um, yeah did you play any of Intermission? I played all of Fort Condor, and and then then I forgot what happened. Did I go somewhere? Did I get busy with work? Something happened where I never went back to it. I think we were playing something else around that time. Um, I have like. A, probably take me like two hours to beat so now i have to figure out where to make two hours <laughs> um, yeah, but it was fine it was, it was nice being back in there but it was hard it's a, it, like if you are out of the loop on the combat for that game um it, it's not easy even on the normal difficulty so my my problem is i i part of me wants to go and, and play this because i uh, listen even though i didn't I don't want to say I love the game and stuff like that. I am committed to to play whatever comes next and to see what happens next. And my concern is whether or not this episode intermission is going to be necessary to it, understand I, what's going to happen next in the story. Uh, like as much as you can is. understand, uh, as much <laughs> as you can understand what is going on in this ridiculous story, because uh, uh, God knows I don't. So. It's really weird because they created a game that is a remake, but is heavily mm -hmm. dependent story-wise to understand by playing I, the original. Yeah, so you know what it feels like? It feels like they did a remake where because they were doing a remake and not a remaster, they said, you know what? We're going to change up some of the story elements to have it be fresh. But the only way to appreciate the story elements and the new stuff in there is to have some sort of knowledge of the old game, right? Because, yeah, you know, I talked to people after 
I, I finished it and played it and they finished it and played it and they had played the original. I, I want to, our, my one friend Taylor, who I mentioned earlier on the podcast, uh, I think Final Fantasy seven is one of his favorite games of all time. And he was like, do you understand this or this or this? You have no reference for this, right? And I'm just like, no, I have no idea who any of these people are at the end. I have no idea what just happened in the last 15 minutes of this game. Like I, I am completely and utterly lost. Listen, Get a copy of Final Fantasy VII either on the Switch or on Xbox. Um, it has a cheats mode. You can level your characters up to 99. You can turn off auto battles. Just play through it for the story. Easy. Yeah, I think I'll just find a YouTube like <laughs> video no. of all the story Come stuff. On. Come on. There's no At chance. Least... Even even blitzing through it is going to result in, you know, 45 hours of gameplay. That's 45 of the best hours of your life. Oh, God. The one thing I will say I liked about Final Fantasy VII Remake is that it wasn't 45 hours. I think well, it was Final Playtime, like 25 hours, something like that. Yeah, something like that. And, it was, it and, was uh, and honestly, chunk. it could have been 17 hours if it wasn't for that stupid like road that you have to go back and forth on. The one that's kind of like collapsed in the tunnel. Oh, um, yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. But anyway, that wraps up all the news this week. Like we said, it is a dead news week. Uh, this is the time for those in the chat. If you have any questions, anything you want to talk about, this is your opportunity to kind of be part of the show. While the chat gets some questions together, Bilal, you want to let people know where they can follow you and follow the site? Yeah, you guys can follow me trying to find out what's going on with this. Apparently, a 3090 Ti has been spotted in the wild. Um... Why? Who needs this? <laughs> um, but yeah, 3090 Ti might be coming in January, according to the rumors. But otherwise, yeah. there's, you've got there's, a, there's a ton of talk, right? Of 3090 Ti and refreshes of the 80s and 70s. It's, it, it's nuts because like the 3080 Ti was already like two grand MSRP, pretty close to it. I'm not even sure Full, the 3090 yeah. is at right outside now. of. Outside of Founders Editions. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's the problem, right? Is that, you know, I, I, I saw an article earlier that was talking about how there are rumors that by the summer, uh, NVIDIA will announce the next series, not refreshes of the cards, but the next series, what we would call the 4000 series or the 40 series. Sorry. And it's hard to get excited for something that you're not going to be able to get your hands on, you know, until they address the supply constraints. I, like I just I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah, uh, no. I refuse to go on Newegg every day and and gamble on the shuffle. And it's so the worst. yeah, no I I yeah I don't I don't understand. I mean obviously it's a, a company it's a business and and releasing new models and advancing the tech uh, helps their bottom line, but. Yeah, I, it's it's hard for me to get excited. Yeah, but. it especially after like people wanted cards in twenty twenty, and they still haven't got them. Um, and so that makes me really sad. Uh, you know what I've been trying to get my hands on, uh, which I still haven't gotten them. I ordered these back in April. Um, do you know the? I don't even know how you. Nendroids, Nendo Droid, Nendoroid. 
figure. Did we talk? Did we talk about this back when we were talking about how hard it was to find something? I ordered a Joker and a, a Joker uh-huh. one and a, a Persona Four Golden Hero one back in April, and even those got delayed. I just got an email <laughs> today going, "Hey, uh, just bear with us. Everyone's been hit with some. It's a figure. It's like, come on." Um. What was I gonna say? Did you tell? Uh, did you get through all the socials and stuff? I don't even know. Did you, I am <laughs> you totally at the end. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's fine. So uh, we do have one question from the chat from Revolution. This is actually my brother Steve. How do you think they should approach Halo expansions, like Borderlands, where it's different side stories and whatnot, or more like Destiny, where it's a genuine progression of the storyline? So, I I I would actually like to see both, honestly. I would be okay with them. And obviously, I think it's tough because they, they want to have Master Chief front and center. Uh, but I would be okay with them. Hmm. I, I don't think they will. But I would be okay with them doing some storylines that maybe happened in that time that we missed, you know? Um, I don't think that's how they'll do it. I think they'll do it more like Destiny where it is a genuine progression of the storyline and they have this big like, you know, there'll be like four or five hour campaigns or whatever. But I think that's the way they'll do it. Uh, I'd be happy with them doing both. I, I think the problem is though is that they will, I don't think that they will take you out of Master Chief's shoes in the foreseeable future, right? I don't think there's a chance you play as one of the other Spartans that, you know, uh, ended up on the ring, especially since you have all these upgrades now by the time you finish that campaign and you have all these abilities as Master Chief. I think they could have done something like ODST or maybe where, like, you're walking around and you come across, like, a helmet <laughs> and then you touch it and you're like, you're Spartan Griffin <laughs> and or you're, you know, or, you know, we play as John Locke again because... Who didn't love playing as Locke in Halo 5? Um, no, but I think... I would just like to see something continue its story without having to do a brand new game. Uh, you know, I think Fortnite really blew the lid off of uh, weekly progressions in online multiplayer. Uh, we there, That wasn't a thing. You used to get, like, annual updates to games. Uh, like, I think Gears of War might have been the last big one. Uh, before I think Fortnite where it's like you got these like 2.0s, 3.0 releases and that's if your audience stuck around. With Fortnite, you got week- you started getting weekly updates to the game which was just unheard of. Uh, closest thing you would see to that before then was like I think maybe League of Legends uh, or like a Dota and I think even Dota's updates are mostly annual at this point outside of like bug fixes and things like that. Uh, so I would actually love to see something from the campaign end where like I don't expect weekly updates to story or things like that, but it would be nice to see something maybe every quarter or something, or maybe like a nice sizable chunk. Like, or know- even even if they have just like smaller events, right? Yeah. S- where f- for some story reason these new fobs pop up, right, yeah. or these new towers pop up, and it's just something that's limited and requires you to deal with because at the end of that game it's not uh, you know this isn't i don't think this is a spoiler right because it's an open world game you can go back you can still be in that world after the game is over but it's not like you've cleared all of the halo you know Mm -hmm. it's not like you've killed every enemy on there 
And so I think there's plenty of stuff that they can they can do to kind of make it more of, you know, a uh, hey, here's a little mini event, you know, until they have the big expansion. Yeah, I, and I think Des- Destiny has f- finally, after all these years, figured out how to do it with the weekly, like, at reset, you'll get a new story mission for that season that will help progress to give you a bit more, like, hey, what's going on in the world? Uh, and, you know, it could take you maybe, like, a few hours to do every week. Uh, and, you know, you're going to the same places, maybe, or you're just doing something different. They can create an, a different type of encounter for that. That would be cool to see for Halo. Um, you know, just, just a reason to dive back in. You know, it'd be cool to... What was that? Was it Firefight? The mode from Reach? Or ODST? Yeah, yeah. Maybe incorporate that into campaign somehow. Like, go there, meet up with a bunch of friends. Um, like, I know in May they have co-op campaign coming, but, like... I yeah. imagine they'll have something else as well thrown in. Like that'd be a really weird thing to. I mean, I still think country. at some point we're gonna. I think we're gonna see a Halo BR at some point. I, I don't think it needs yes. it, but I think at some point I'd we are going to see it. it. Uh, the, grapp- the grappling hook, plus the, everything else, would be so nice. The problem with a borderline, a Borderlands like side stories is that Borderlands, because it is over the top and ridiculous, it lends itself to that kind of stuff. Whereas even though Halo is obviously very sci-fi, it is it does try to ground itself in its own rules, in its own world. And so I think it's hard to do um you know, irrelevant side stuff. Um, but honestly, I I I am excited to just play in that world. I don't care what they do. Uh, another question from chat. Any interest in Diablo 4 or games of that genre that are coming up? Bala, are you a big Diablo fan? I actually enjoy 3 a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially the consoles edition. Having the ability to roll really goes a long way. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know why they never added that to the PC one, but uh, it, was a, it was a ton of fun. Um, there was actually some news around Diablo 4. Um that dropped that I didn't include because I wasn't sure if any of us were the Apple fans, but like they are uh, doing some interesting things around it. I don't know if you saw this. No, I didn't see any of the news lately, but no, I'm excited for Diablo four. Uh, uh, Diablo four. I'm not the biggest fan of the genre for some reason. What ends up happening with these like isometric, um, dungeon crawler looters is that i i i pit like 12 13 hours into them and then i just like fall off um and i can't even tell you why but i just the moment i the moment i step away because another game pops up or anything anything whatsoever i just find it almost impossible for me to get back into it and i think part of that has to do with the fact that i do tend to play these games co-op i find the I find them not as much fun playing solitary. And when I step away from it, the people I play with don't. And so then I'm coming That's back the and they're already, yeah, they're already a higher level and I just feel behind. And then I kind of lose interest in it. And, and so, I think, yeah. I, and going back to like, Final Fantasy 14. I think that's the one reason why I've stuck with Final Fantasy 14 because I'm not playing with anyone. I'm playing by myself, so I can play at my own pace. When I was playing any other MMO with friends, they would stay up longer than I would. I didn't have a gaming laptop or something, and when I would come back, they'd be like, "We're running this high-level dungeon," and I was like, "No, I, 
I couldn't play for that last week. <laughs> so that, that's where that sucks. Uh, but I think for, for me with Diablo, it comes down to enjoying it for the story. As weird as that sounds, like the environments, the story was actually kind of cool. I mean, they're a little bit simplistic, but I think they have a real cool world that they built there. And who doesn't love the devil coming back and just like wrecking shit, the apocalypse? That's always fun. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, all right, I think that is good. Thank you for the questions. I think that wraps up the podcast. Below, you want to let people know where they can follow us on social? Yeah. You guys can uh, follow the WorkPrint over at theworkprint.com and its socials um, on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram at theworkprint. Uh, and yeah, you guys can follow me over at Bilal underscore Mion uh, and on Twitch at Night Mystic. Um, yeah, we had some uh, more coverage going up on the site. I think Christian's been covering Hawkeye. Uh, double check the website. Yellow Jackets reviews are going up. We just had a, a Christian put up the review for season two of The Witcher, um, which I have not had a chance to dive into yet, as, lo- as well as a, a Mighty Marvel Holiday Special uh, uh, article. Uh, we have some new writers being onboarded onto the site as well, so we'll have more additional coverage coming. Uh, so a lot of exciting stuff happening in the new year over at theworkprint.com. Uh, how about you, Rob? Where can people find you? As always, you can follow me at SunnyVice20, S-U-N-N-Y-V-I-C-E-2-0. That's on pretty much every social media platform. Next week, Bilal and I anticipate that there won't be a ton of news stories. So if it is a completely dead news week, we are going to try and bring back Trivial Royale for next week to replace the normal podcast. Now, it'll basically be a pilot episode relaunch of that show. We need to figure all that out and get things together. So don't hold me to it. If we come back, it's just another games cast. You know, Merry Christmas. Enjoy. (laughs) But if we can make it work, we are going to try to do an episode of Trivial Royale. And uh, I am super, super excited for that, which is why I'm even saying it now because it kind of holds me to it. And, and gets me to work on it and, and get people on the show uh, and and see who's going to take on Bilal for the crown. Because I think yeah, I, you're, the, you're the only returning one, right, who has wins. So I, I think so. But I'm, I'm also sitting here like, hey, we're doing this show next week. Bilal, I have not sent you any notes on what we need to set up <laughs> for this show. Yeah, well, you know, I, you know, uh, I'm going to send them on Christmas Eve. You'll be working on Christmas. (laughs) No, it's a good thing. This was a quick uh, episode. We can talk a little bit after it. All right. That being said, thank you guys for hanging out in the stream and watching and and asking questions. And uh, thank you guys for those of you who listen to the audio only version. Bilal, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Make sure you thank your son and your wife for me as well for letting you hop on here for uh, a couple of hours every my week. Son, my son does not need to be thanked. He refuses to take his bottle today. He gave me hell. <laughs> uh, but he, he can't stay up past 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. So, um, yeah, it, he gets no thanks for this. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I love the little man. He is uh, he's definitely adorable. Uh, and I will yep. pass along that thanks. And happy holidays to everybody out there in the chat and everybody listening. Until next time, bye-bye.